what's going on y'all it's your boy so so in case you ain't no so and welcome back to another dope episode of sports with so so coming to you live y'all this week the hurricanes men basketball team is still dancing as they get ready for the sweet 16 the heat going impressive three and one in their last four games with two big matchups versus the state of new york and joel and i recap the weekend of sports it's time to take a ride y'all let's go Back, another episode in the building. Back in person, yes, sir, yes, sir. No, no, no stream yard this week. Nah, man, we make it happen when we when we're, in, we're both in town, right? I like it. I, it's you know, it's a different dynamic. I like I like the stream yard. It makes our life a little bit easier, you know. True, but uh, in person is always a pleasure, sir. Absolutely, great man. to see you, kid. Always good to see you, man. And for everybody tuning in, thank you for joining us for another episode. Make sure to head on over to our YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't. If you have already, hit a like. Drop a comment on our latest video. Uh, Joel, how was your weekend, man? My weekend, uh, a little mixed. It was a little mixed. A little mixed. I uh, I got towed over the weekend. Happy St. Patrick's Day. True. Um, I uh, I uh, golfed. That's something I, both did. I regularly both do. Did. Yeah, yeah. You know, some golf this weekend. I watch golf. I watch a ton of sports. True. Shit, you know, between the World Baseball Classic and uh, and hockey and uh, UM basketball and March Madness in general and True. the brackets and uh, UFC on Saturday. I mean, it's been a it's been a whirlwind of the last few days here. Absolutely, especially since it's been a little minute since we recorded. Right, we did that episode on a Sunday, um, and then Monday you ended up going to the Heat game, right? Uh, which was surprisingly a home victory, but it was a lot of sports. Yep. There was UFC this weekend as well, like. Uh, not, uh, F1 was happening this weekend. Like there was a lot to watch this oh, whole entire. I'm sure there was soccer too. Oh yeah, man. Of course, it was. It was a packed house at the sports. Uh, at the social household for sure. <laughs> packed with sports, man. Um, but my favorite over the weekend, honestly, had to be our Hurricanes. Dog had to be our Hurricanes, and we have to give them a big shout out this year because they they were overlooked. A lot to start the season, right? Uh, you had North Carolina ranked number one or in that top 20. Uh, Duke had a bunch of points in the season were ranked in that top 25. Then you see Virginia get in there into the higher rankings than the Hurricanes. And meanwhile, the R- Hurricanes withstood all of that, right? Went about their business, had an amazing regular season. Um, came up short in the ACC tournament, but I felt like you know, they got good experience and, and good mental fortitude for the next mission that was coming up, which was March Madness. And thankfully, both of our brackets are still alive, right? Because we have them. Ah, somewhat. My, my dog Rob <laughs> is running away with it right now. Shout He's out to Slob. It. He's killing it. His his brackets are looking pretty good right now. Pretty strong. Um, but yeah, we, we also, I, I think I have an okay bracket. I mean, we all have UM going, so. Right. That's, so, that's, so we're still alive, you know? And that's, the, that's a good thing. In the biggest port, in the point of it as well, you know? And... We see them get this matchup versus a uh, 12 seeded Drake, right? Um, who Drake? Ha- Drake, who had an impressive season on their own, right? And the Hurricanes did not come out firing like we yeah. expected them, bro. This one was a uh, was like a nail biter. Yeah, if, you too know, close. From, from our perspective, you know, like we should have just dogged these guys. Yeah, and they gave us a good run. Granted, you know, they, they were a better team than we than I thought they were. Yeah, for but, sure. Especially know. defensively, you know, they held us to pretty much not sh- scoring a field goal in the first half for about eight minutes. Seven minutes, we were getting all of our points from the free throw line. And we were, our two main, you know, scorers were off that night, man. You True. talk about Wong, you talk about Miller, they they were struggling that night. They were struggling to find, you know, to buy a basket. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Both of those guys were three of 17 combined. Terrible. Which is terrible. Isaiah Wong won the ACC player of the year um, just that week. Oh, he's right? a baller. He's a certified we're gonna, baller. We're going to get to that. But that night, you know, they struggled. Them boys were off, and man. That's, that's, that was what was making the difference for us. And even Omir, who, when he, he, that he came back, right, it felt like he was forcing it a little bit, right? Trying to prove that he was healthy and trying to do a little bit too much. And if it wasn't for Nigel Pack, dog, I don't know if the Kings would have pulled that game out because that boy came out in the second half 
firing on all cylinders, dog. Hit some big shots, had some great assists, and, and just pretty much controlled the game. And it's something that Coach L always says, right? If our guards get to create the tempo, create the set up the plays that they want to do, and, and create the flow of the game, then they can be whoever because they are all great shooters and somebody's going to be on. And it happened to be Nigel Pack. The difference right now, you know, that we're seeing between us and, and these other teams in the tournament is speed. Yeah. You talk about the tempo and when we can control that tempo at a high pace, it's hard for these other teams to be able to keep up with us. No, they can't stop it, dog. They can't stop it. And look, and that Drake game, transition's too crazy. It's too crazy. And then when that's how we saw that, the I don't want to say the class, but like what separates the ACC basketball from the conference that these dudes are coming from, right? The Hurricanes were able to turn it up and finish the game in a 16 to 1 run. And that a lot of that came, at least 10 of those points came from fast break points where they got a steal, they got a block, they got a turnover and just boom. Next thing you know, they got three guys attacking the basket, hit a big three. Somebody takes it for up for a dunk. It was it was an impressive comeback game for them. And it just showed the thing that we had talked about previously, how they were going to be able to show their mental fortitude. Right. From having suffered bad losses in both the season. Right. When we were at UNC, uh, Duke. Close games against Virginia, um, all of that stuff. FSU game. The FSU game, like all of that stuff. How were they going to be able to use those learning moments in times like this? And those boys showed up and showed out with what talent they have, man. So far, so far, they they, they lived up to that, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and then they go, you know, they bounce they bounce back. I mean, I don't know if, if you got any other, anything else to, to cover on that Drake game. Nah, I, I think that you got to give Drake their respect, right? Because they made it really tough. They did. Coach L said it. He was like, that was the best defensive team we faced all season, and they made a struggle, and we were not expecting that. And then, but then you come to the, you know, the most recent game, the Saturday night Ooh. game. And bro, I mean, what a show that was. I didn't I didn't need too many cups of crown that night like, to celebrate that game. Um, what a game that was, bro. It was just, you know, like I had mentioned earlier, the guards were able to control the flow of the game. And Isaiah Wong came on and showed why he was the ACC player of the game. He took on that challenge. You know what I mean? 27 and points. Had 27 points that day. And the way that they beat um, Indiana, which was not a close game, until the very end, right? Because not even with like about eight to 10 minutes left in, in the second half, the Kings started to pull away and you can see them running the break and, and get an easy buckets, which makes it harder for them to come down and, you know, create some type of offense, you know, Indiana struggled. Well, like so, so Indiana is a historic program, right? When you talk about college hoops. I mean, how many times they, they, they mentioned it on the broadcast, you know, you, you know, Miami's trying to make it back to the sweet 16 for the, fourth time i think right. in school history right you know they're like indiana did that you know four times in, in a row in, in, two, in two years like <laughs> yeah. i don't even know how they did it but they did it. you know what <laughs> i mean like they, you talk about historic basketball program um so there's that storyline going into it we're like the, they're like the old school we're like the new school and they were favorite they got some they got some good players bro. they got that that big ass kid uh, oh they, man that jackson kid yes, i know who you're talking about yes exactly Dog, that guy had like four blocks straight bro that kid's gonna go pro that He's kid's definitely disgusting. a pro um but you know they they the the Canes came out hot early on. You know, Isaiah Wong doing yeah. this thing. We talked about the previous game. Wong and Miller were kind of cold. You know, they, they start off the game doing well. Omir looking healthy. He's looking good. What well, You know, when we lost him a, a few weeks ago. That boy has 17 we're not, rebounds. Dog. We're not really seeing the effects of that. That was the main concern going in. We were like, hey, if we don't got Omir, that can change everything for us. But for sure. he's looking good. 17 rebounds, as you just referenced. Uh, Wong doing his thing. 27 points on the night. You know, 19 points from Miller. They were doing their thing, but then they slipped up a little bit. In that, thir- in that second period, early in the second period, they closed the gap. They made it a one-possession game, I think, at one point, or maybe a five-point game or something five, like that. They made it. They cut the lead down to five but then again just started to set we just started to separate and then we took it back up to 10 then seven you know they were kind of clawing we hit a three they hit a big three and then i don't know man one of the biggest threes of the game one of my favorite ones was isaiah wong from deep deep super deep just over that kid jackson yeah just showing that he had the confidence right and the wherewithal mentally to be like let me drag this out he dribbled a couple of times passed and gave it back got it back from nigel pack and then brought him deeper into his land where he's like all right now i know that his length can't bother me anymore right and he just showed what type of class player he is, dog. And big time player. He's a big time player, NBA ready player. Yes, thank you for saying that. You know what bro. I mean? I was, that was all I kept thinking. I'm like, bro, this kid's gonna be. He's NBA ready. In the NBA, a thousand percent. And look, you know, we talked about Omir and his, you know, 
impact on the game. Man had 30 rebounds in two games, dog. 30 rebounds. That means that he's getting to the offensive glass. He had eight in that game. Like, his motor cannot be matched. And nobody has a big guy. They may have size on us, but they don't have that same motor. They don't have that same, you know, power in the paint that this kid is displaying, dog. No, and and, and the jaw, the chin that the that oh, yeah, has because he took a nasty elbow, elbow from, Jackson. from Jackson, dog. Yeah, dog. And he he like kind of like you know, obviously he took a moment. He was like, yo, nobody's gonna say nothing about that. Nah, and look, he was like, all right, back ba- in the game. Back and he in was it. just high uh, high tempo the whole time, man. So and and I really enjoyed how you know. Miller and Wong played off each other, yeah. right? It felt like when one sat down, the other one came up, and it was like, my turn, boom, 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 let me do my thing. And they were able to control the game. You know, had a 40 to 35 lead at halftime, go out and win the game 85 to 69, just shows you that they were able to separate. And once they started playing better defensively, forcing Indiana to take threes wasn't working out for them. They missed a bunch of threes. That one kid that hit a big three or cut it down to five, he went on to miss his next six threes. You know what I mean? Ended up going three of 11 that night. Uh, a very impressive win for the program. A very impressive win for Coach O and his boys. Uh, it just shows that they deserved more respect and they didn't get it nationally, right? Um, Virginia got a lot of love. Duke got a lot of love. North Carolina got a lot of love. Nobody really talked about the Hurricanes like that. They they kind of recognize the talent that's on the team because that's hard to miss when they're winning awards and being named in uh, all C- ACC teams. Like, it's hard to deny that, right? But they still didn't really pick the Hurricanes. They didn't think that the Hurricanes could beat a team like Indiana who has an historic background. And they did, and they did it thoroughly. And now they got another matchup where they got to face the number one seed, Houston, who was number one in the nation for a good portion of this season. 33-3, and three, tall order for the Hurricanes. This is the toughest task of the season. Yeah, for this sure. Is, this is the... Uh this is the, the the giant, you know, at the end of the at the end of the journey that you got to slay, yeah. you know, and it sucks because then there's that's just like the the first level of you know the end of the game. Yeah, I mean, but if you have the aspirations to be great, you're gonna have to go out there and beat teams like this. Oh, absolutely, right, and and, and really put your. I don't want to say balls, but like you got to put your, your that, nuts on the table, the nuts on the table and say, Hey, this is who I am. Exactly. We're going to come out here and get it done. You know, I, I feel confident in this team. Because what, do you, what do you know about Houston right Let's now? Let's get into that. The, the only thing that I know about Houston is that they got a really good guard named Sasser. Uh, kids averaging about 17 points on the season. Really good on the floor as far as uh, field shooting percentage shot 44% over the season. A kid that you're going to have to pay attention to and you can't give him too much space. Like this space between you and I is too much space for that guy because he's going to knock down a three in your face. What I really am worried about is do the Canes hype themselves up for this game too much? You know what I mean? Do they see them not as equals, but they're way better than us and we got to get them? No, I'd rather they come in and think, you know what? We are equal to this team and we can beat them. That's what I'm hoping to see. Yeah, I think that's that has to be the mentality for that team going into this. You know, I just hope that they don't think that the. You know, I thought you were going to go a different route with that. I thought you were going to say you hope they don't go into it thinking that they're better than this Houston team because you go into it. You know, you, you got to have that mentality and that mindset. But if you underestimate this Houston team, right? Who you just said was number one for a portion of the season. You know that yeah. could that can hits you in the face very, very quickly. So you got to make sure you go in there, give them the respect. This is a good team, but right. we're, we're going to play UN basketball. Correct. And we talked about it already, bro. It's speed. Play that speed game. Quick buckets, quick baskets, you know, draw the fouls, get to the line, control the game. And and if you do that, I mean, I think we'll be able to see uh, in a lead eight. For me, the X factor is being Omir. If Omir can dominate the paint like he did, during this game against Jackson, because Jackson balled out. Again, 23 points, uh, 10 of 11 from the free throw. He did his thing. 7 of 10 from the field. He did his thing, right? And Omir still balled out. If he can dominate that and withstand a game like that from a center, which their center doesn't have a chance of comparing next to Omir, uh, the the Hurricanes can play a little bit tighter up front, guard the three-point line a little bit more, make Guys want to go around them because they know that Omir is going to be able to step up or at least get the rebound after the miss. Hurricanes do have a chance 
you know, I'm looking at the prediction and it's like 90% to 10%. In my opinion, I feel like that's, again, a disrespect. It's good money, though. It's, it's good money. You know, you great understand? money. Good money. Put put your money on, that, on those odds. A thousand percent. And again, like, just shows the disrespect that the Hurricanes are getting because we were the best team defensively in the ACC. And we have the best defensive player from the ACC. And on top of that, we're the only team left from the ACC. So how how this team is not getting the respect, at least from a betting standpoint, is just odd to me. You know what I mean? I get it. 33 hey, and 3, just that's odds. amazing, dog. Yeah. It's doesn't mean odds. shit. doesn't mean shit, man. I got the <laughs> Hurricanes winning this game and going all the way, baby. I mean, I got them. If you look at my bracket, and shout out to everybody that jumped in the bracket. Yes, sir. Uh, we got a nice, nice little group there. Um... I got UM going the whole way. Yeah, you man. know what I mean? And, and, and that, I think that they'll be able to handle this task as long as they listen to Coach L. That's, yeah, that's, that, the, that's, that's it. the main ingredient. I think in order for this game, I think you said it, you know, Amir needs to have a big game. Just what does he need to do to have a big game? Do what he's been doing all season. Yep. Do yep. exactly what you've been doing, big Don't man. Change Keep, nothing, bring big that dog. energy you bring every night. You know, stay aggressive on the offensive glass. Get us second chances. Yep. And, and then Wong. <sighs> Wong, we just gave you high praise, man. You're NBA ready. You're 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 yeah. you're gonna be a big time player. You need to put up 30 points in this game. You, know? you just did it. You had 27 sub sub 30. But in order for us to win this, I think that's where it comes down. We need Wong to have 30 points. He can do it. Set that pace. Really push that tempo for us. Get us get us baskets. You know, get to the line. Get them in foul trouble. Get a couple other guys out early, and we'll be able to take this down. Yeah, man. I think we. I think he can do. It. I think this is the the stage that you want to do it if you think you are NBA ready because you're instantly putting yourself on that first round draft status. You know what I mean? So if they can do that, dog, and if he can do that specifically, and and Miller too, you know what I mean? Play his role and and and. Be that second score, that one B score, because that's exactly what he's been this whole season. He's had big games for the Hurricanes. We'll be in good shape, dog. We'll be in good shape, man. Friday, uh, seven fifteen on CBS prime time. Coach L, I got the utmost faith in you and your and your coaching skills, man. And I, I think the Hurricanes are gonna, you know, really let their nuts hang. <laughs> it's gonna happen, dog. It's Lock gonna them happen. On the table. Bam, bang. Four aces, bastards. That's what I got. <laughs> Read them and weep. Read them and weep. You know, uh, man, and like I said earlier, you know, it's been a while since we've talked, right? Last time we talked, the Heat weren't looking in the best of shape, had that ugly loss to Orlando, right, where they get smoked, didn't really give themselves a chance to win that game. And then they go off and win three out of the next four games. And even the game that they lost was kind of disappointing against Chicago. But, you know, they're still stuck in that seventh seed in the East, one game behind Brooklyn which they happen to be facing later on this week after a game at home versus the Knicks. Uh, yeah. Well, we started that that week, you know, obviously since last episode with that Utah game, which I got the chance to go to. I took my, my God to that game. one. Um, no, it was Jazz. I, we beat Utah. That was, I'm pretty sure that was the game that I went to was last Monday. With Laurie Markkanen. Yeah. He plays for Utah, right? You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking. I'm pretty about. sure he's on Utah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the game that I went to because he's disgusting. That kid, bro. We couldn't. We Ball. could not stop that guy, which is a, which is a problem because it's like we're gonna face guys like him, if not even better, on the offense. That it's like, who, how do we stop those guys from scoring? Because he was having his way, but it was that the rest of the team around him got kind of cold. There was another guy that they have that that also was 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 wet from three that night, which is his career game. He had his career game against us that night, but <laughs> that tends to happen. That tends to happen a lot against the Heat. Dog. Luckily, we were able to, you know, hold down the win. We had a lot of good performances from people across the board. It was a real big team effort. You know, Bam did his thing. Jimmy, we needed Jimmy to have a big fourth big quarter, game. which he was really big down the stretch for big us. Game. You know, it was kind of like the typical Heat ball that we've seen the last four years or so that that how we get how we get wins it, get, it comes down to the to the to the end the nitty-gritty and then put it on jimmy's back and hope that everything else goes you know i mean it's a formula that that has proven to work right it's not the prettiest and it doesn't necessarily make heat fans feel great 
right? But it is a results-based business, and it gets results. It's right? nice when it works, bro. It's when nice Jimmy, when it when works. Jimmy, you know, does his thing. It's like, bro, it's that's, nice that's when the it guy. Works. That's and, the guy. And it's crazy because, like, you know, yeah, you beat Utah one nineteen to one fifteen, but you you need to come back in that game. You need you have seven players in double figures. Like you're you're able to really win a close game, which happens to be their twenty fourth win this season, right? With five points or less. Just shows you that the Heat don't make it comfortable, and and nope. sometimes they find they struggle, they struggle to win games, right? Games that they're leading in, or games that they're behind in, and then they find a way to grind it out, like you said. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it is productive, right? And, and it's definitely not an appealing form of basketball, especially you know you, you just got to watch Heat basketball, and if you watch this game, yeah, it's very frustrating. Second quarter, you want to kick everybody on the team off, right? And third quarter, they come out, guns are blazing, everybody's making shots, and you're like, okay, we got a chance. And then fourth quarter, holy shit, we're coming into grind mode. But like you said, the Heat find ways to grind out victories like that. And against a West Coast team like Utah, who's balling, right, and and definitely a contender in the West, it's a very impressive victory. And, yeah, you got to get those when you're when you're at home. You're gonna beat a team like Utah. You're, you're probably not gonna beat them on the road, right? You're more than likely to try to get that dub here, and they did. Needed it. Needed it. The next night <clears throat> or the next game in that, you know, a little bit different story. Yeah, uh, it wasn't so much of a grind. We, you know, that's that's the game that we 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 yearn for. You know what I mean? As Heat fans, we want to see them have a dominant performance, and we go out and we beat Memphis 138-119. No, everybody was on fire. Shoot, go out there and shoot 60% from the field goal, as, from the field as why a team. Can't, why can't they be like that? Season high? Night? Yeah, that's a season high, and I get it. Shooting 60% is crazy, right? Crazy, son. Where's yeah. that been? But it, it, not necessarily as a team, but just the guys who were scoring, right, and how easy they made it look, and the fact that they were able to get shots off that they normally get and actually make them. Uh, you know, a guy like Bam, 10 of 15 from the field, ends up with 26 points. Jimmy, 6 of 11, 11 free throws for 23 points. Everybody just knew like, all right, let's 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 get into our spots and let's make our shots. Get into our spots, make our shots. And everybody did that. We also actually shot decent from three, 13 of 29, 44%. We needed a game like that because lately we've been struggling, especially Hero. Hero's been struggling from the three-point line. Ended up going two of six, struggled this game, but he saw a couple of them go in. Uh, Gabe Vincent, the rare 10-point game from Gabe Vincent as, as far as offense goes because he's more of a defensive player anyways. Still better than Lowry, right? Um, just just the time of the shots being hit and the, the fact that we were able to D them, D them up and really keep them at bay, that showed us why we can win games like that. But the problem is we don't shoot every night like that, dog. Nope. It's hard to get this team to shoot 45% as a team. You know what I mean? So even even saying, like, we can get to 47, which is really high, 48, really high. I just think that that would have made a big difference throughout the season if we would have been able to shoot like that. It just, sure. just sucks to see it. It's for, sure. it's for one game. Well, yeah, exactly, because of the fact that it's like we know we what we're capable of if we're firing, and we have not been on that level. I mean, to you know, to have to not have it on a couple nights, but like I have it more often than not. That's one thing, but like we're we have the opposite of that. It's not 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 good, great shooting night in and night out. And then we saw this where it all came together, and it's like. <gasps> Wow. wow, that's what it, that's what it could look <laughs> Holy like. Holy shit! Did you see his heat team real quick? <clears throat> so that was nice. You know, back to back dubs always lovely. You know, we love to have pizza mañana for for a, a couple days. Needed, but then you know, turn around and lose to Chicago. So yeah, man, a, a rare back to back win. Right, it was only the sixth time this season that the Heat have won back to back games. Just shows you a lot of how hard we've struggled to win games and even be consistent. Right? You know how many times we've won three in a row this season? How many times, brother? Zero. And, and look, we had a legit chance against against Chicago. You know, yeah, granted, we're on the road. And we know that we suck on the road this year. But you get a good game from Jimmy. You get a good game from Bam. And nobody else contributes. You know, nobody else contributes. Tyler Hero, 3 of 8 from the three-point line. 15 points. Uh, Struess actually came out there and balled. He was 5 of 3 from 13, right? But it wasn't enough because nobody else had more than t- than six points. Just those four guys were in double figures. Wait, yeah, give me Max Truce's stats again because I, I was seven trying of, to comprehend that and I didn't get it. He was seven of fifteen from the field and five of thirteen from three point land. Oh wow! How yeah. many points total? Twenty. 
Nice. And made one free throw. We haven't seen that from Schroes this year, man. Yeah, which is weird because, again, so weird. It, it's it's a guy that I'm not saying he's going to go out there and shoot like that every single night, but damn, dog, you, you, you can hit more shots than you can miss. You know what I mean? You're definitely that good, especially that you're not seeing that many opportunities. But he, he took it upon himself to feel... The rhythm, right? And say, yeah, you know, I got a vibe going right now. None of these guys are making shots. I might as well keep shooting. And he did. And, you know, Duncan's been back in the lineup. Lowry's been back in the lineup. Off the bench. And I think he's... None of those guys are, are providing anything, I, is my point. I think he's doing better off the bench. At least for me, I'm happier seeing him come off the bench than taking up starter minutes. Nah, no doubt. And I put that poll on the on on the Instagram story, you know, and it, resounding, resounding people felt that Gabe Vincent should be starting over Kyle Lowry. And it makes a, thousand, a, a ton of sense. A ton of sense because... Uh, again, the production that you're getting from Gabe Vincent, a guy that you forget about the money, just the production that you're getting from him on the floor. The fact that he's young, the fact that he can play games, play minutes and not have that wear and tear on his body is going to put him at a clear advantage over Kyle Lowry. And then now if you compare their games, right, and the level of production that they're both given and you look at it side by side, all like regardless of the stories of side, Gabe's been her, uh, Lowry, her, whatever. If you just look at the production that they've been given. Whenever you have Gabe Vincent starting more or playing more minutes than Kyle Lowry, the team is better. That just is what it is. The chemistry on the court between him, Bam, Jimmy, it's, it's better. It's an absolute 100%. Just better. Facts. You know, so, yeah, Kyle Lowry's got no choice but to come off the bench. Yeah. You know, and and credit to Spoke for, for sticking to his guns and, and not backing down to, like, the contract or the fact that he may be upset about coming off the bench. You're going to have to learn that for the rest of this – Season, you're you're definitely a bench player until we figure out what to do with you. No, you're just, bro. There's nine games left in the season. You know what I mean, and and they're gonna have to figure out a way to 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 really hone down on getting wins because all that other bullshit is for the birds. You know, like the Lowry situation, Jimmy not being happy, Bam uh, hero struggling, Bam balling out, like. All of our other side stories with the Heat is like a wrap. There's nine games left, and we need to get into sixth place. And we find ourselves with a big opportunity against the Knicks and the Brooklyn Nets in order to help us get to that goal. Now, thankfully, we're coming off a victory because we we were able to beat the worst team in the East, which is our, the Detroit Pistons. They only got 16 wins this season. And you go out there and you smash them, and you end up winning 112 to 100. Uh a very impressive win for the Heat because, again, they're just able to show that, yeah, we're much better than this team. And if we stick to our game, we could go out there and get a dub. A strong fourth, fourth quarter performance from Hero. Uh, Ten of his 19 points came in the fourth quarter showing that he's, you know, really good when it comes to clutch moments. Uh, I saw a stat from him earlier. If you give me a second, I'll, I'll find it for you. But I saw a stat from him earlier that uh, Delphin sent that stated that, you know, in crunch time moments, this dude is, you know, in the top five percentage wise, uh, top three as far as field goal percentage made, you know, and crunch moments are anything within five minutes and a close score. Right. Yep. I think uh, Coach Spo said he has the clutch gene <laughs> or what was the quote that Tyler Hero has the clutch gene. All right. I got the numbers. Tyler Hero's numbers in clutch situations this year has made an NBA high 19 threes on 38.8% shooting from deep uh, NBA plus uh, best plus or minus minus 87. So he's killing it that way and shooting 37 of 80, 46% from the field. So when it's, when it's, when it's game time, he brings it, he brings it. You know what I mean? Now, that's why I still think that he's going to be better in the playoffs this year than we've ever seen him, right? And the bar's not that high from his performances, right, in, in the playoffs. So he's going to definitely have a chance to step his game up. Now, these next two games against Brooklyn and against New York, these are must-win games, especially the game against New York because we're only one game behind them. Uh, we're three games behind them for the sixth, for the fifth spot. One game behind Brooklyn. So if we get that victory on the Knicks, we put ourselves in a really good position, making that two wins, trying to get our first three game winning streak of the season against Brooklyn. Do I see it happening? Mm. Tough. Right now, we need it more than ever. Yeah, for you sure. Know, if you look at the the last, you just you say we have nine games left. You know, we look at ten game sample, playing the worst game, the worst team in the league. That was an automatic win, but it's like that was the freebie, you know. Right. Out of ten games, 
how many do you say that he need to win in order to, you know, either main, I wouldn't say maintain because it's in order to maintain, you know, we got to stay 500, right? True. So you go five and five, but it's like, realistically, where do you want the heat to be, you know, in these last 10 games of the season, as far as performance wise for, you know, the playoffs heating and all that stuff. And I, I think that the answer is just 500 for me, at least. Right, because it doesn't matter who we play in the playoffs. You know, all these teams we 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 give them respect, bro. There's a lot of good teams that are in the playoff mix ahead of us, right? Rightfully so. You know, they're they're beating really good teams night in and night out. You know, handing it to them, winning at home when they need to, winning right. on the road when they need to, things like that. Things that that we've seen all season, we've struggled with. So for me, at least, it's like all right. I just want to go 500. I don't want to go backwards. Yeah. I don't want to lose seating. Yeah, but I'd rather just stay 500, kind of keep the pace, you know, compete with the guys we need to. Maybe one of the 500 games we win is against a good team like the Knicks, somebody that we have, you know, an interest with as True. far as seating goes. But I really just want to make sure that we take these next nine, 10 games to really get comfortable with this core of guys. You know, Kevin Love is still new. We haven't really talked about him. Cody Zeller, you know, Oladipo, where's he been at? You know, we still got, you know, some chemistry that we can build off of in these next 10 games. And that's really what I what I want to do going into the playoffs because once once the playoffs happen, we know everything else is out the out the door. It doesn't matter what your record was, you know, it's what your team looks like at that point. How healthy are they, and you know, what's your game plan going forward? Well, they have six. Uh, they're six and three in their last nine games, right? So potentially they're they're definitely trending in the right direction. But we need to see the consistency in the big games in the games that matter, right? And that's what these next two games are. Yeah, there's only nine games in the season, but you have to focus on the players that are or the teams that are right in front of you that you you're gonna be able to have the biggest impact on for the rest of your season and, and trust me being in that fifth seed is a big difference being in that sixth seed is a big difference than being in that one game playoff in this as a seventh seed you know what i mean and, no i get that I, but i've also seen this team this season man um, I, I get it and, and we can i don't want to throw this out there i don't want to be the guy that put that out to the universe but there's a chance that the heat go three and seven or you know three you know three and six in these, next, these next nine games that always exists and it's like now we we went down to the eighth seed or maybe we're in the playing tournament now and it's like yeah 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 no i get it i'm with you dog and and look these next two games at home are, are must win games they're must win games dog if, if you're thinking about it like think about it like if you are in that playoff tournament and you need to win these games in order to get into the playoffs. Then go out there and beat the Knicks. Go out there and, and beat Brooklyn. Uh, they're, and they're not even like back-to-back games or nothing like that. The Heat don't play again until Wednesday. So they got the game against the Knicks on Wednesday. And then another two days off. And then they play Brooklyn. So everybody should be a, a healthy goal, right? Everybody should be ready, well-rested, and with enough practice, enough chemistry built, enough whatever you want to call it, but being in a position where you go out there and you get these next two home games, and you, no matter what, no excuses. If you got to grind it out, grind it out, but get the win, get the win. They got to do that because if not the rest of the nine games, dog, like might as well just toss them into the win. They're guaranteed. A t- they're not going to finish outside the top 10. So they're going to be in the playing tournament no matter what. So, you know, just work on the game at that point. Wins, those wins wouldn't matter that much. Mm. Go out there, beat the two teams that are right in front of you. Have a big impact on the rest of your season. Put yourself in a winning position. Oh yeah, we let's need see it. it. Let's see it. Let's see it. Um, you know what? I got to give a big shout out to to. We talked about college basketball, but we didn't shout out the UM women basketball team. Killing it too. Killing it. Uh, amazing to see that basketball program growing uh, uh, as a whole, right? And the women just seeing super consistent in their bracket and 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 their vision and quest. Like that's that's a team full of ballers for sure, man. That's a team full of ballers. And, uh, yeah, shout out to them. And also to, to the FAU men's basketball team, dog. Yo. Making the Sweet 16, dog. They knock, uh, who they knock out? Uh, they knocked out FDU, right, this this weekend. But they beat uh, Memphis. Memphis. Penny Hardaway's team. Yeah, dog. They beat Memphis. Wow. Dude, when they lost, he threw away the fucking water bottle. <laughs> Uh, went in over there and shook hands. I'm sure, dog. But wow, shout out to FAU. Shout man. out to That's FAU, crazy. man. Right? I never would have thought. First Sweet 16 ever. Probably, I mean, just in typical March Madness fashion, there's been a, a, a bunch shit of, ups, ton of upsets, you know? A big time. First upsets. round upsets, and then, you know, just now in the round of 32 and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but it, it's been exciting, man. It's been definitely fun. How about a World Baseball Classic, bro? Talk yeah, to man. You watching it? Your yeah. People's got knocked out early on. Early, PR. They didn't even make the, pl- the playoffs, dog. Wild. And, and you know what? crazier is that venezuela was able to dominate all of the teams in that division you know they i think they were three and oh four and oh at one point uh 
impressive, full of ballers, uh, coached by Yadier Molina. No, was it? No, it wasn't him. Um, but Yadier Molina was coaching the Puerto Rican team. Uh, just, just cool to see that team go out there and beat DR, beat Puerto Rico, right? Seems that they normally would have been like the underdogs against. Uh, just shows how much baseball is exploding and how much talent has made it to the NBA, MLB level that they're like, yeah, I'm a baller in the MLB. I'm going to go play for my country real quick and get ready for the season that way. Yeah, but then it's crazy how it happens because then you got, you know, PR knocks out DR in the in the famous PR-DR battle. Yep. And they do it easily too. And it's like, wow, bro, like they have a couple Handle. guys, but they don't got anybody crazy. Then you get in when Diaz gets injured. No, they do. It's that you got to look at the lineup and be like, holy shit. Yeah, they are studied. Compared to DR though, DR yeah, yeah, on paper yeah, yeah. has the monsters. Forget yeah, for about sure. it. Forget about it. These PR had a couple minor leaguers and stuff. You know what I mean? So No, it had a bunch. Yeah, they did. They did. They did. <clears throat> so, you know, my whole thing is, and then Edwin Diaz gets injured. They're celebrating like they won the whole Crazy. thing. You know, now he's out for six to eight months. And, the, you know, these guys are upset. Uh, then PR comes out against Mexico and loses, has the lead up four one, end up losing Blows like five it. four. Blows it, crazy, and crazy, and it, again, it just shows you that there is uh, baseball talent everywhere. And if in a tournament like this, all you need to do is have one good game, one big moment, and that'll change the you know the swing of the game completely. And now all of a sudden you have momentum. Everybody's getting on base, and, and nobody can hit your pitchers. I mean, we saw it with the USA team, right? They struggled, right, to get out of the of the group, and then boom, catch fire, beat everybody, and then they went from a team that were lacking star power, quote unquote, to putting up nine runs every single game. It felt like went out there and destroyed Cuba, right? Where you're thinking, all right, Cuba's definitely on par with talent with these guys, fourteen to two, and I was like, God. No, nah, I don't think we thought Cuba was on par. I thought you know it was like it was nice to see Cuba for the whole storyline and all that playing in Miami. Bro, they have some stud pitchers. They they got some stud good players, pitchers. but I mean USA <laughs> man, you talk about another team that's stacked. You know, it's stacked. it's 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 there, man. Trey Turner is a beast. Mookie Betts, Mookie yeah. Betts on the leadoff every time that guy's Mike on Trout. base. Papa, like looking come, like a creative player, barely holding on to the bat. Dog, it's it's crazy the team that team USA has, bro. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's USA all the way. Um, yeah, J- for sure. Japan is definitely a force to that reckon with. They're looking scary. scary. They're looking scary. scary. So scary. It's scary. probably gonna. Is it gonna be Japan, US in the finals? I think so. Is that like, I think so. I don't think that Mexico's Cinderella story gets that far. Uh, I just think that Japan's pitching is nasty. Yeah, bro. Nasty, you know, nasty, and I, I don't think that. I think their pitching is probably the best in the world right now, you know? And they have that Otani kid who's playing both ways. He can pitch, he can hit, he can steal, he sells hot dogs. Like an anomaly, bro. He's he's an alien dog. He's an alien. He sells dope, does taxes, (laughs) and braids hair. Everything. All All in in the the same same dugout. Cause I don't know, don't know when to bust in, man. <laughs> yeah, that, I, that's why I feel like Japan's team is like definitely star studded. You know, everybody shows up for that one. You know, all the big dogs show up from from their nation. So, yeah, man, it's 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 a, been a fun tournament. I love whenever it comes around. Um, obviously, the vibe in Marlins Park was amazing during all of those games. Uh, the Nicaragua game versus Venezuela. It was like everybody eating, comparing food. No, my food's this. Try this. Drinking beer. Um, it was just a dope scene to see, right? Uh, seeing that stadium packed like that, full of that vibes, full of that energy. Um, and everybody going out there to represent no matter what, just win or loss, just get a chance to go out there and represent. Uh, it was a dope event, man. It's dope. nice to see how packed the stadium can get. Yeah. It's a little stadium when you think about you it. Know, like we're that, not going to, we're never going to see that for a Marlins game. Well, we would, sad, we would, it, we would, Joel. There's no doubt in my mind we would, dog, if it was f- A with the lineup that like the Yankees have or the Astros have. Right or the or the Dodgers or the Angels or any of the, or the Houston, any of these teams that have star-studded players throughout the lineup that are making All-Star games, having thirty-run home-run seasons, those are guys that become names, and then the team becomes popular. People want to go out there and see them because they're winning games. Right now, who's our stud? Who's our star? Jazz. He's, a guy made the cover of MLB the Show. Talk to me. Of course, he's our best player, but who's behind them? Sandy. Right. He won an, uh, a Cy Young. Is he going to win another one this year? Hopefully. <laughs> I love him. But those, I love those, him a lot, dog. But those are the two guys. But outside but of that, it, it's The it drop-off is nasty. Exactly. Nasty. 
right? So, and, and especially for Sandy, because we're only seeing him once every five, six days, right? He's a pitcher. He's not going to pitch every three games. Right. Jazz is on the field every day. He's getting four at-bats at the very least. So we're seeing this dude a lot, right? And he's in a p- prime position. He went from playing second base, which he dominated at, and now he's going to be playing center field. So, yeah, if this team was full of studs, which they signed a couple of guys, right? They got the Segura kid that we talked about. It needs to turn into something. It needs to turn into wins in order for that stadium to sure. ever have that vibe. For sure. But even still, man, I feel like, you know. You don't think like, that if the Marlins made the playoffs, that stadium will sell out? Bro, the thing is that, like, we're not a sports town, bro. Like We're an event town. You That's know, an we're, event. We're a party town. That's a party. We're a party town. And, you know, our attention span is only, like, so big. And I feel <laughs> like, you know, if the Dolphins are hot and they're doing well, which we'll, we'll talk about in a second, uh, and, and the Heat, which are historically always doing well for us in the last 20 or seasons. In the playoffs. Always in the playoffs. You know, now you're trying to introduce a soccer team into the mix and then you got this Marlins team that's always struggled you know it's like how much do we really have time for as as a sports town down here I'm not saying for me I'm I'm, I'm all in I'm watching right. Marlins even when they're struggling or right. keeping up with them at least you know but the average casual fan you know even if the Marlins do well you think they're gonna the, be like oh shit let's go to a game is, now no of course but, but absolutely but that's the thing right like there's enough baseball fans down here that's obvious that there's enough baseball fans here right and we have a good eclectic lineup of, of good backgrounds, right? South America, Caribbeans, Mexicans, like everywhere. Americans, like we got all of that. People from the Bahamas, uh, uh, jazz is, um, from the Bahamas, from, from the Bahamas. You know what I mean? It's a very big group that if, again, if they play well, people will come out to see them. You know what I mean? It happens with Inter Miami. They got off to a great start and now that stadium's damn near packed every game. Why? Because, yeah, that guy's Colombian. He plays for the national team. I'm going to go watch him. Or this guy's a baller. He plays in the Honduras League. I'm going to go watch him. Oh, he's from Venezuela. He plays in that. He, he was the baller in that league. I'm going to go watch him. So now they have, again, a good eclectic team, right, with enough people who can draw people in. But the talent has to be there. Yeah. The wins have to be there. Yeah, we got to win. I feel like a playoff game, if the Marlins were in a playoff game and, it, and the game was at 730 on a Friday, that shit would be packed. It would be a sellout. Without a doubt, it would be a sellout because especially if they made it, it's not a wild card game. They're in the playoffs. They're hosting a playoff game, right? Or even a wild card game at, at, at the very worst that that place would get packed because people would buy tickets just to walk around and, and be like, yo, we're at the Martins playoff game, a real playoff game. Right, the last time they made the playoffs was that short season because of COVID. Over yeah, there. exactly. And that wasn't like, a, and even still, they yeah, got smoked. They I mean, backdoored into it. Yeah, exactly. They backdoored into it. So nah, we'll we'll see, man. We got the, they got to win. We got to get to the World Baseball Classic, and then opening day is pretty soon. Pretty soon, you know, we got we got Marlins baseball uh, ramping up here, so that that's going to be exciting. We'll have Marlins. We'll have the Heat. The Panthers are kind of coming around. There, I didn't want to say anything. They're six and one since we stopped talking about them. Let's just shout so, them out. Shout out to the Panthers. We love you. We're watching. So six and one. That's the Panthers update, folks. Keep it up. Um, they're, they're they're really close to making the wild card. They're still out of it, but they're really yep. close. We'll keep so, it at that. Yeah, we don't um, want to jinx them. Dolphins. Yeah, they made some moves. Talk we talked me. about it. Um, I, I'm still waiting to see. You know, and we're gonna talk a little bit after the show about that. I'm I'm still waiting to see how it all comes together. They've been making a lot of good, potentially good signings, and especially in areas that I thought that. They needed helping, right? Mainly linebackers. Um, they are also investing in the offensive line. So I'm interested to see how that works out. Uh, I'm just kind of looking forward to see like how the recent signings are going to be able to shape what they're trying to address in the, in the, in the draft. That's going to be up pretty soon. You know what I mean? So yeah, man, I think that the Dolphins have made interesting moves. They've definitely improved the team, both on the coaching side and on the field, right? And I think that they're really positioning themselves in, in in a position to be a real contender this year, dog. A real contender. So if you guys ha- if you guys been under a rock for the last week or two, we just, we signed Jalen Ramsey. Yes. So now we have arguably you know the best cornerbacks in the game, the best duo. Um, but you know one of the things that I saw that came, you know, and this is a deep cut. You know, the Jalen Ramsey move. Everybody's gonna see that high profile player, Dolphins. You know, any, anybody you know anybody's gonna see that. But as a yeah. true Dolphins fan. Dolphins fan that sat there last season and watched us win games, win big games, and, you know, saw a certain player make certain plays for us. Might have not had a crazy stat line at the end of the season when it was all said and done, but you talk about big plays, man, that this kid made for us. 
It was time in and time out. Third down plays. You know, he might have only had one catch the whole game, but it was one of the biggest third downs that set us up for a score or something. And I saw that we let him go. Peace. And he's over in San Francisco Peace. now, and I'm sad no, to see him go. No, he's in uh, New England, San Francisco. Who are you referring to? I thought you were talking about, about your boy Kaseki. No. Who? Trent Sherfield. Peace. Damn, dog. Peace. You Peace. felt like that Peace. about Sherfield, man. Peace. I really like Sherfield, dog. Peace. You know why? Because that rookie that we didn't play has been dying to get on the field. And guess what? He's a monster, dog. Yeah? He's a monster. Talk to me. He's a monster, Tell dog. me more about this rookie. Or easy, dog. Uh, bro, it's going to be hard for me to pronounce his name, but uh, they call him Easy. He's about 6'7". Yeah, yeah, a really big body, very agile, very athletic, can jump up, make big plays, kind of like a baby DK. Uh, they're really excited about him. And I'd rather him get the opportunity than a guy like Sherfield. Not mm. to not to shit on Sherfield. I think he's very reliable. I think he's good, right? He's decent. But if it's if it's about taking a roster spot, I'd rather give it to him. Mm. That young kid is a potential breakout. And if he does break out, that means that we'll have three top receivers three top receivers because obviously the cheetah is one of them we know that Jalen Waddle is definitely a top 10 NFL wide receiver right and if the rookie well he's not a rookie but he was a rookie last year if he comes out and balls out to his potential that just gives you a nasty three-headed monster as far as an offensive weapon for Tua you know and for Mike McDaniel to have another big body because Jalen Waddle is not that big uh, neither is uh, Tyreek Hill, they can both go up and get it. They're not afraid to go up and get it. But there's a difference when you have a guy who's tall, who who can be that type of player, a guy you throw the ball up to and be like, yeah, he's definitely getting it or nobody's getting it. You know what I mean? Sure. And that that, that probably played into that. But uh, the other thing that probably played into that, too, was us signing Braxton Berrios. Correct. But he's. I feel like he's more of a guaranteed special teams guy. Like punt returns, kick returns, that type of where yeah, he's nasty. Who, who's one of our? Who's our receivers coach? Uh, yeah, uh, damn it! What's the dude's name from the Patriots? I mean, from the Dolphins. Uh, yeah, How about Wes Welker. Wes Welker. That's so you got a little white boy like Braxton Berrios. Shout out to the U. Yeah. UM played in the stadium, knows the stadium, in and out. You know and he's saying? gonna be. He's gonna definitely be a weapon. But he's I just, gonna be used more. I think, yeah, I think you're absolutely spot on. He's gonna be coming in as that, right? But I think he's gonna be utilizing some creative ways with McDaniel's, yeah, for his speed. He's a fast ass white boy, absolutely, <laughs> man. Um, and and you know, for as far as the special teams things go, I just think that makes us uh, at least certified in that, and it helps us change the field of play a lot, right? Where instead of being sixty yards away from the from the from the goal line, we're fifty yards, we're forty yards, we're fifty. You know what I mean? Like he's going to be able to definitely improve the Dolphins that way, and everything else that comes as a bonus is him as a receiver. He's going to be able to be in a four wide receiver set, right? Five wide receiver set, and be a guy who's in motion or a guy cutting, you know, through the through the linebacker uh, slot receiver type. Just a dude who's very reliable, has very reliable hands. He's not the fastest. He's not the biggest. He's not the most explosive, but he knows how to run routes, and he's definitely sure-handed. And once he catches the ball, he's very shifty. He's not going to blow you away. He's not going to run by you unless you leave him that space, and he's going to use that angle to get away from you. Uh, I just think that he's definitely a plus to this wide receiver room. And I, I, I think that he also kind of fits the mold of that cheetah, of that Jalen Waddle, right? So that if these guys got to take a break, he can sub in, take that spot, and not be a difference, that big of a difference as far as running the play or him being able to make the play. So, yeah, it's a good signing. Like I said, man, the Dolphins have made a lot of moves, a lot of moves that look potentially beneficial. At the end of the day, they need a win. They need to get into the playoffs with some type of strength and, you know, momentum, not kind of squeak into there. And once they're able to do that, then they'll show that they're real contenders in the AFC, not just the East, the AFC. And let's see, bro. We got a, we got a lot to discuss. There's still a lot of moves to be made. There's still a lot of signings to be made for this team. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they move in the, in the draft. Like I said, that's coming up soon. But the Dolphins are definitely heading in the right direction, man. More so than last year, which is crazy. Because when we started this program, dog, you know, and I'm talking about the podcast, like, we were like, yo, are the, he- are the Panthers, uh, the Dolphins? 
Are the Dolphins going all the way down? Are they going to be the third worst, worst team in the state of Miami? Like, what's the deal here? And ever since then, I feel like every season, they've not only improved, things have gotten tragically better for them. And it just feels like they're making leaps instead of steps. They're making leaps. It's kind of crazy to see, though. For me. I don't know about you, though. I know you're a delusional Dolphin. You've probably seen this the whole time coming. But I mean, for I've, me, I've been saying it for years, you know. We're gonna, <laughs> it's we're a shocker. We're going to win another Super Bowl. Nah, we're going to hang our hat on, on that on. 72 team. We're going to win one, and it's coming soon, man. I doubt it. It's coming this year, 2023. I doubt it, man. I doubt it. But uh, let's see. We definitely got stuff to talk about more in depth when it comes to the Dolphins. Um, only fans, go subscribe. Oh yeah. Uh, let's let's before we close out, dog. Wait, you have an OnlyFans? Oh, you're talking about our show. Our show, OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah. Come on, dog. Um, before we close out, dog, we both were watching the the Valspar Open this weekend, uh, which is going to be at Innisbrook, which is going to be where the Miami Golf Road Tournament is being held this year, 2023. We got our golf trip planned at a PGA Tour course. No big deal. Yeah, no big deal. But yeah, we're gonna go out there and struggle, <laughs> bro. That wow. shit looked hard, hard, because everybody, the pros were struggling. And when I saw that, I was like, huh. What's I, worse than getting your teeth kicked in? I don't know, man. Like, as far as a metaphor, like, I don't even know. Like, you're getting your shit pushed in? Like, probably, that probably. Because like, that's what's going to happen when we play that particular course. I'm just thinking to myself, would it be bad etiquette if I go out there and just put it all the way up to the green, like, the whole time, just to make sure that... I'm going as straight as possible. You got dog. some water on some holes. You can't do that, dog. You no, that's stuff. true too. Yeah, bro, they look it look rough out there. It looks hard, man. Taylor Moore took it down this weekend. You know, he you had. Well. I was I was pulling for two guys on Sunday. You know, Jordan Spieth is in the mix. Yeah, and Tommy Fleetwood, and you know, those are Tommy both was guys there at the end. Dog. Both guys that we want. They both they, they both finished tied for third. Adam Shank uh, second solo second, and Taylor an impressive Moore. round by him. Yeah, the impressive tournament. weekend from both of these Absolutely. guys, man. Those are weekends that you know <laughs> that these guys that got those guys that aren't the top tier guys strive for because it's like all right the field isn't as you don't have the roms right you don't have you know the shefflers you don't have some of these other guys that are probably gonna like i would be interested to see what those guys do on that course but let's be real they might tear it up for sure so it's like leave some to the other guys and it's nice to see some of those guys you know um get a dub and, and get some paydays but um that course looks Really difficult part. That was the main thing. The whole weekend in our group chat, you know, people were watching it and <laughs> everybody was like, yo, are you guys seeing what we're seeing? Like, this is not going to be fun. Yeah, man. I already, I already got a game plan, dog. Just by seeing how much these guys struggle is just reaffirming to me, like, what I got to keep in mind as I go out there to go play this course because it definitely looks hard. And if a pro is out there having a tough time dominating that course, and we're talking about these guys still shot a seven under, six under, like, Good. Hey, that that I'd be surprised if any of us shot something like that, yeah, right? Taylor Moore won in a ten under. You know what yeah. I mean? Like again, which is kind of not great for a golfer, but still way better than any average person who's just playing golf, right? Mm-hmm. So we're gonna go out there and, and really find. And granted, we're not even gonna be playing the same tees, dog. Like it's gonna be wild to see how how we play that course. But it's definitely a, a tough looking course, a fun looking course. Uh, vibes yeah, were immaculate out there. Bro. The, the snake, snake pit. pit. Yeah, man. Get ready for that. It's going to be nice. I got some ideas for that stuff, bro. I got a little a little slogan I got for the weekend. Hmm. Interesting. I'll share it right now. Do Su- it. Survive and thrive. I like it. I like it. That's because uh, that, I that like course, it. That's We're going to have to put that on Miami Golf Rules, That's page. Dude, that's going to be the, the, the theme of the weekend, bro. Just survive. And if you can survive, you'll thrive. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? that, yo, truer words have never been spoken, dog. So, truer words have never been spoken. I'm looking forward to it. Me too, man. But you know what? It's time to wrap this thing up, dog. So you know what time it like is. Like a to-go bag, baby. Yes, sir. And if you haven't already... Uh, make sure to head on over to any of our social media platforms. Hit that follow. Drop a rating if you can. If you have, great. Uh, drop a comment. Hit that like button. Let us know what you guys think about the show. And if you haven't already, you got to tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell another friend. To tell one more friend. To tell another friend about this amazing podcast and what we got going on. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff that we're going to be bringing to you soon. But you won't know unless you're following us on social media, y'all. Until next time. Peace. peace.